All right, great boys, we are on episode 43 of Wonder. The story is still being told in August perspective. We left off last day with um, everybody getting ready for the assembly and the boys sitting down in their seats, alphabetical, and we're about to see what awards are going to be given out to the grade five class. So at this school, they graduate into middle school um, at the end of grade five. For us here in Alberta, we do it at the end of grade six, and then you move on to junior high. All right, so this one's called The Simple Thing. About an hour later, we were all seated in the giant auditorium waiting for Mr. Tushman to give his middle school address. The auditorium was even bigger than I imagined it would be, bigger even than the one at Via School. I looked around, and there must have been a million people in the audience. Okay, maybe not a million, but definitely a lot. Thank you, Headmaster Jansen, for those very kind words of introduction, said Mr. Tushman, standing behind the podium on the stage as he talked into the microphone. Welcome, my fellow teachers and members of the faculty. Welcome, parents and grandparents, friends and honored guests, and most especially, welcome to my fifth and sixth grade students. Welcome to the Beecher Prep Middle School graduation ceremonies. Everyone applauded. Every year, continued Mr. Tushman, reading from his notes, which with his reading glasses way down on the tip of his nose, I'm charged with writing two commencement addresses, one for the fifth and sixth grade graduation ceremony today, and one for the seventh and eighth grade ceremony that will take place tomorrow. And every year I say to myself, let me cut down on my work and write just one address that I can use for both situations. Seems like it shouldn't be such a hard thing to do, right? And yet each year I still end up with two different speeches, no matter what my intentions, and I finally figured out why this year. It's not, as you might assume, simply because tomorrow I'll be talking to an older crowd with a middle school experience that is largely behind them, whereas your middle school experience is largely in front of you. No, I think it has to do more with this particular age that you are right now, this particular moment in your lives that even after 20 years of my being around students this age still moves me. Because you're at the cusp, kids. You're at the edge between childhood and everything that comes after. You're in transition. We all gathered here together, Mr. Tushman continued, taking off his glasses and using them to point at all of us in the audience, all your family, friends, and teachers to celebrate not only your achievements for this past year, feature middle schoolers, but your endless possibilities. And when you reflect on this past year, I want you all to look at where you are now and where you've been. You've all gotten a little taller, a little stronger, a little smarter, I hope. Here are some people in the audience chuckled. But the best way to measure how much you've grown isn't by inches or the number of laps you can now run around the track or even your grade point average. Those These things are important. To be sure, it's what you've done with your time, how you've chosen to spend your days, and whom you have touched this year. That, to me, is the greatest measure of success. There's a wonderful line in a book by J.M. Barry, and no, it's not Peter Pan, and I'm not going to ask you to clap if you believe in fairies. Everyone laughed again. But in another book by J.M. Barry called The Little White Bird, he writes, he started flipping through a small book on the podium until he found the page he was looking for. And then he put back on his reading glasses. Shall we make a new rule of life? Always to try to be a little kinder than is necessary. Here, Mr. Tushman looked up at the audience. Kinder than is necessary, he repeated. What a marvelous line, isn't it? Kinder than is necessary. Because it's not enough to be kind. One should be kinder than needed. Why I love that line, that concept, is that it reminds me that we carry with us as human beings, not just the capacity to be kind, but the very choice of kindness. And what does that mean? How is that measured? You can't use a yardstick. It's like I was saying just before. It's not like measuring how much you've grown in a year. It's not exactly quantifiable, is it? How do we know we've been kind? What is being kind anyway? He put on his reading glasses again and started flipping through another small book. 
There's another passage in a different book I'd like to share with you. He said, if you'll bear with me while I find it. Ah, here we go. In Under the Eye of the Clock by Christopher Nolan. The main character is a young man who is facing some extraordinary challenges. There's this one part where someone helps him, a kid in his class. On the surface, it's a small gesture. But to this young man whose name is Joseph, it's, well, if you'll permit me. He cleared his throat and read from the book. It was at moments such as these that Joseph recognized the face in of God in human form. It glimmered in their kindness to him. It glowed in their neeness, in their keenness. It hinted in their caring. Indeed, it caressed in their gaze. He paused and took off his reading glasses again. It glimmered in their kindness to him, he repeated, smiling. Such a simple thing, kindness. Such a simple thing. A nice word of encouragement given when needed. An act of friendship, a passing smile. He closed the book, put it down, and leaned forward on the podium. Children, what I want to impart to you today is an understanding of the value of that simple thing called kindness. And that's all I want you to leave. And that's all I want to leave you with today. I know I'm kind of infamous for my uh, verbosity. Here, everybody laughed again. I guess he knew he was known for long speeches. But what I want you, my students, to take away from your middle school experience, he continued, is the sure knowledge that in the future you make for yourselves, anything is possible. If every single person in this room made it a rule that wherever you are, whenever you can, you will try to act a little kinder than is necessary. The world really would be a better place. And if you do this, if you act just a little kinder than is necessary, someone else somewhere, someday may recognize it in every single one of you. He paused and shrugged or whatever politically correct spiritual representation of a universal goodness you happen to believe in, he added quickly, smiling, which got a lot of laughs and loads of applause, especially from the back of the auditorium where the parents were sitting. All right, um, let's just finish this chapter. It's called Awards. I like Mr. Tushman's speech, speech, but I have to admit, I kind of zoned out a little during some of the other speeches. I tuned in again as Ms. Rubin started reading off the names of the kids who had made the high honor roll because we were supposed to stand up when our names were called. So I waited and listened for my name as she went down the list alphabetically. Reed Kingsley, Maya Markowitz, August Pullman. I stood up. I stood up. Then when she finished reading off the name, she asked us all to face the audience and take a bow and everyone applauded. I had no idea where in that huge crowd my parents might be sitting. All I could see were the flashes of light from people taking photos and parents waving at their kids. I pictured mom waving at me from somewhere, even though I couldn't see her. Then Mr. Tushman came back to the podium to present the medals for academic excellence. And Jack was right. Igzmina Chin won the gold medal for overall academic excellence in the fifth grade. Charlotte won the silver. Charlotte also won a gold medal for music. Amos won the medal for overall excellence in sports, which I was really happy about because ever since the nature retreat, I considered Amos to be like one of my best friends in school. But I was really, really thrilled when Mr. Tushman called out Summer's name for the gold medal in creative writing. I saw Summer put her hand over her mouth when her name was called. And when she walked up onto the stage, I yelled, Woohoo, Summer! as loudly as I could, though I don't think she heard me. After the last name was called, all the kids who had just won awards stood next to each other on stage. And Mr. Tushman said to the audience, Ladies and gentlemen, I am very honored to present you this year's Beecher Prep School Scholastic Achievers. Congratulations to all of you. I applauded as the kids on stage bowed. I was so happy for summer. The final award this morning, said Mr. Tushman, after the kids on stage had returned to their seats, is the Henry Ward Beecher Prep Medal to, oh, hang on, is the Henry Ward Beecher Medal to honor students who have been notable or exemplary in certain areas throughout the school year. 
Typically, this medal has been our way of acknowledging volunteerism or service to the school. I immediately figured Charlotte would get this medal because she organized the coat drive this year. So I kind of zoned out a bit again. I looked at my watch, 10.56. I was getting hungry for lunch already. Henry Ward Beecher was, of course, the 19th century abolitionist and fiery sermonizer for human rights, after whom this school was named, Mr. Tushman was saying when I started paying attention again. While reading up on his life in preparation for this award, I came upon a passage that he wrote that seemed particularly consistent with the themes I touched on earlier, themes I've been ruminating upon all year long, not just the nature of kindness, but the nature of one's kindness, the power of one's friendship, the test of one's character, the strength of one's courage. And here the weirdest thing happened. Mr. Tushman's voice cracked a bit, like he got all choked up. He actually cleared his throat and took a big sip of water. I started paying attention for real now to what he was saying. The strength of one's courage, he repeated quietly, nodding and smiling. He held up his right hand like he was counting off. Courage, kindness, friendship, character. These are the qualities that define us as human beings and propel us on occasion to greatness. And this is what the Henry Ward Beecher Medal is about, recognizing greatness. But how do we do that? How do we measure something like greatness? Again, there's no yardstick for that kind of thing. How do we define it? Well, Beecher actually had an answer for that. He put his reading glasses on again, leafed through a book and started to read. Greatness, wrote Beecher, lies not in being strong, but in the right using of strength. He is the greatest whose strength carries upon, uh, sorry, he is the greatest whose strength carries up the most hearts. And again, out of the blue, he got all choked up. He put his two index fingers over his mouth for a second before continuing. He is the greatest, he finally continued whose strength carries upon the most hearts by the attraction of his own. Without further ado, this year, I am very proud to award the Henry Ward Beecher Medal to the student whose quiet strength has carried up the most hearts. So, will August Pullman please come up here to receive this award? All right, that's the end of that episode. <laughs>